Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders game against the Denver Broncos on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. Same great features and benefits now with a silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Time to bring in Lincoln Kennedy. You hear him on Raider Radio Broadcast. He's also a Pac-12 Networks analyst. Lincoln, this week we get to have a conversation with you the way we actually envisioned it. <laughs> There'll be both college and pro football in this segment, that? and we're liking it. Yeah, I love it, too. I love it, too. Good to be with you guys. Happy holidays to you and your families and all your listeners. That's just awesome. Yeah, we are getting there, right? It is mid-November, yeah. and Thanksgiving's right around the corner. So thank goodness the Utes are probably, apparently, about to play their season opener against UCLA. <laughs> so who would you rather be? Would you rather be the team that's playing its second game that had a miserable start to their opener, fell behind 35-7, to or then played pretty well at the end of the game and, and got back, ended up losing 48-42? So UCLA and all the cliches about improving in the second game. Or would you rather be the Utes? There's no film. The Utes can prepare for UCLA a little bit. And Kyle Whittingham has said, hey, I may have to play some scout team guys here. We're getting them ready. We don't know exactly who's going to be available for this game. On, on Monday, when he did his uh, weekly media thing, you know, I'm not going to tell you. And I, if I would, I still couldn't, you know, because you didn't know. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a 2020 game, I guess. What else can you say? Yeah, in, in the world of clandestinity, clandestinity I, you know, the fact that you have got people who are trying to keep as many secrets as possible before the big, the big game. And in an ordinary situation, that would be fitting. But in this day and age, the problem is you just don't know how guys are going to play in game speed. You know, I've, I've told many people on, in, on any level, it doesn't matter how, how hard or how well you practice. It's about when the game goes on, how they fit in that situation because now they're not seeing a fam- somewhat a familiar face. They're seeing someone they haven't played against. And so the natural um, mentality that goes into that is that you want to elevate your, your, your physical um, um, output, if you will, uh, to beat that person that's across from you. Um, and that's hard to duplicate. So you don't know. So to answer your question, it, it, there's, you, you pick your poison. It's six, hand, it's six in one hand and a half a dozen in the other. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, what you're going to do because the fact is you still have to go out and play, and you don't know what you're going to get until the game is over. And then you look at the film and say, oh, okay, well, we know we have in this person or this group or, or that guy or that guy. So, Lincoln, you live down in the Phoenix area. I grew up there, went to Arizona State. I got a bone to pick with Herm Edwards, and it's a philosophy thing that I want to run past you. It'll take a second to explain it. He's coached there uh, 27 games. Take out the two games that they've played against the one double A's. And so you got 25 then. 18 of those 25 have been one scores uh, either way. And so they go up on SC – uh, and then we know what happened. And I, and I think that his philosophy is, well, just keep the game close. You know, they ran 18 straight plays a, a, in the fourth quarter, and they had uh, the, not the last possession but the next to last. Uh, the whole goal was to make SC use their timeouts, which they did. They used their timeouts. My point is the philosophy of keeping things close instead of stepping on the gas, so to speak. They had an opportunity, get a couple of first downs, and SC can have all the timeouts in the world that they want, but they're not going to win the game. 
And it seems like he gets way cautious. Most of his games are close, but here he is in his third year, and he's 15 and 12 overall. And two of those wins have become have come against lower levels, so he's basically 13 and 12. That's just not good enough, man. In my mind, at some point, you got to play to win rather than play to have the game be close. I understand that. And here's what I would say to you: you know, in talking with Herm Edwards, his biggest issue is that. One, how can he get guys into Arizona State? And two, how can he stay? How can they get him to stay? Because you have a lot of colleges around the country that are just proposing or professing that top recruits, especially blue chippers, are coming out of Arizona, that we'll have you in the league or we'll have you in other place. And he's, you know, he's he's promoting or promising a degree for these players. I say that to say this: there's been a huge turnover every year that he's been at ASU, as far as bodies. It's 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 hard to it's hard to build a team of continuity, and you guys know how how hard it is with football. If if you've got guys that are leaving every year, or you've got guys that are transfer portering every year because they're not playing. Um, I, I I what I liked out of Arizona State against SC is the fact that you have a extremely young team. You're playing a lot of really young guys and first timers, and they showed a sense of resiliency, a sense of fight that you can build on as the season progresses. Because, look, we, we don't know if these guys are going to test positive. We don't know if these guys are going to be there from injury, whatever have you. It, it is, it's, it's so much unknown, more so in 2020 than it has been in every other year. So I understand your point. There's a very conservative factor uh, that, that, that Herm Edwards and his staff is playing, especially on offense, because he'd much rather be in the conversation for the game than being blown out. I get it. Um, and I understand your, your, your frustration, but at, at this particular point with such a young team, I just don't know if there's another way to go. If you put, the, put your foot on the gas and they make mistakes and you get blown out by 14 or 21 or whatever, you make mistakes and, and you're losing a game where you're not even in it in the end, um, it doesn't look well. Of course, it doesn't look well if you're, you got a close game and, you know, or a team comes back with two touchdowns in the final two minutes either, but right. you, know, you pick your poison. Lincoln, Lincoln Kennedy joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So on the flip side of that, on the other sideline, you got USC. That was a terrible start. They Perfect. found a way to win the game at the end, so you got to give them credit for that. But every, every champ needs a foil, right? right. The, the Globetrotters needed their Washington Generals and Perfect. whatever, right? Manning and Brady needed each other. Oregon needs USC to be good, or they need Utah to be good. They need right. somebody. Is is USC that quality of team? Were they lucky to win? Was it a 9 a.m. start that threw them off, and they are talented and resilient, and you saw that at the end? What do you make of them? No, but it's heritage. Look, we need somebody in the Pac-12 to be good and stand out. Oregon's schedule for this seven-game, whatever heck it is, you know, thing is not very strong. If you go down and look at their schedule, it's not strong at all. And it's not strong to get national attention. So we need SC to be good. We need somebody to, be, to, to stand out, at least with reputation, because the fact is that it's going to come down to the possibility of an undefeated Pac-12 team going through the Pac-12 championship. It has to be someone who's, who, who seems for a national standard to be reputable. So we need, we need SC, we need Utah to be viable to that point all the way to the end. Whether it's Oregon or one of the other teams from the South, we need somebody to be viable and to be in that, that position for conversation because other than that, we don't have a leg, a leg to stand on to get in the playoff. So I'm watching the Raiders on Sunday, and uh-huh. you, you could speak to this specifically. 
as a lineman, what do you think when you see your quarterback do the Lambo leap, but it's actually oh. at the 10-yard line? Oh. Can you say your heart felt? <laughs> that was the crazy was watching Carr do that. When I was calling the game, and he went up in the air, I, I pushed back from my chair from the desk. I was like, what is he doing? What are you doing? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a frightening moment. But I will commend Derek Carr for at least using his legs. I think he got um, – throughout the season, he's ran for over 100 yards, which is a milestone to me um, because this is a guy who's athletic, but he just chose not to use his legs. Look, the, the Raiders in a, are in a very you know, interesting position, if you will. Five and three, and you saw another, you know, pretty good team like the the Colts play the Titans and, and just you know beat up on them last night. I don't know where to put them. I, in a sense, as as a team, offensively, I think they can compete with anyone. Offensively, I think they've got the firepower um, on um, you know as far as receivers and quarterback. You know, Derek Carr is only throwing two, ten, two interceptions this year, but their offensive line leaves a lot to be in question. I don't know what to make of Trent Brown's situation. This man is collecting $1.2 million every single week, and he's only played one game in three plays. Go figure. And it pains me because he's playing right tackle. This is the position that I played. Um, I don't know what to make of him. Sam Young, his backup, cannot stop a bull rush. There were several plays in that Charger game, including a sack and fumble, where Derek Carr got hit because the guy over Sam Young bull rushed him and got his way to the quarterback. I don't know what to make of that because they're low on offensive linemen. Colt Miller's probably not going to play again this week. Um, and they're going up against Denver, who has shown at times they have the ability to rush the passer. Obviously, no Von Miller, but you've got Chubb and you've got other people accordingly. So, you know, back to your question about Derek Carr and, 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 this, and this Raiders team. Um, they've got to get through this gauntlet. There are people that are looking down their nose saying, oh, Denver stinks, we'll be able to beat them. This is a classic trap game when it comes to the NFL. Because I've told everyone who's listened to me, hey, you know those guys on the other side of the ball? They get paid, too. And they're pretty damn good, too. <laughs> they're the top 1% of the, of the thing. So it's not like it's going to be a gimme or easy game. Um, the Raiders have got to find a way to sort through this because it's really, really um, clustered where they are in the playoff picture. Um, and they can't afford to drop any games that they should, quote-unquote, should win. So you don't have a big sample size, but what do you think of uh, Drew Locke? How good is he? Drew Locke has regressed this year because people have gotten to know that he struggles with zone coverages. So you can play complex zone coverages like clouds, skies, and other things where you're rolling people into different areas that makes him hesitant. The, the, the true um, sort of gauge when you watch a young quarterback, whether he has it or he doesn't, look how many times he hitches the ball or taps the ball with his hand trying to find it. That usually leads to confidence because most offenses in the National Football League want you to get rid of the ball under three seconds. That means you're going off of a pre-snap read, you're going off a of play design, you know where to go when the defense promotes itself and snaps the ball. When you watch Drew, he's hesitant at times. He's reluctant at times because especially in zone coverages, he's not sure if that window is actually what it seems to be and if he can get the ball there. Um, so I say that to say this, that this is a team that obviously wants to take chances down the field. They want to open up the offense. They, you know, surrounded them with receivers when they're healthy. Um, issues, uh, injuries have been a big issue, especially in the offensive line for, uh, for the Broncos. But still, they're, they're a dangerous team nonetheless. And, you know, whatever is that four and a half or five point uh, um, uh, sort of um, favorable for the Raiders, 
doesn't doesn't sit well with me because I think the Raiders need to take care of business early to put this team away. How about Justin Herbert, man? I'm in love with this kid. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? He's he's really found a home, and and the 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 Chargers have lucked out because they found their franchise quarterback. You know, a lot of people don't know this about Justin Herbert, but covering him at Oregon, you know, the kid had a 4.08 GPA in biology. Wow. Who does that? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Who does that? He's, he's an incredibly talented and smart kid. The fact is is that the Chargers are still trying to figure out how they can do it. Because, look, he you know, last week and weeks before, they ran a lot of RPO action, like in Oregon, option, stuff like that. But he's been taking some hits. And he's the type of guy who wants to keep the ball rather than pitch it. So now you're in a difficult position, which many offensive coordinators find themselves in with guys coming out of college. Do you allow your quarterback to keep the ball, take the hits, or try to teach him how to slide, get out of bounds, use the rules, or you know, and run the, run the gauntlet of if he's going to get hurt uh, significantly? Or do you totally try to get him out of the realm of, uh, of comfortability? When it comes to Herbert, because Herbert had two significant offensive coordinators while he was at Oregon, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, you really can do what you want to do. But I tell you what, I don't like the way Anthony Lynn and his staff manage games. Um, and it was it was never more apparent than this past game. Even though they had a chance to win it at home, they didn't leave any time on the clock because they mismanaged games. Um, they could have had a couple more plays. Um, it's very hard for uh, a team to stop another team two plays in a row. But would imagine if you had three or four or what have you, yeah, but they ran out of time. I think if I were coaching the NFL, I would show my running quarterback who took hits video of Robert Griffin III getting flipped upside down and being the only guy I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of guys tear ACLs playing football. I've never seen one tear them while their head was below their foot yeah. by about five feet. Right, right. You know, no and it's like these guys, these 11 guys on the other side of the ball are looking to destroy you. <laughs> so you can run. Conversely, conversely, you look at the way Russell Wilson has sort of emerged and grown. You know, he was running his first year, but if you, try to, if, if, you, if you take a look at the film between the first year and the second year, now all of a sudden Russell Wilson is sliding. He's getting mm-hmm. out of bounds. You know, I would teach a quarterback, no matter whether he's a running quarterback or not, the rules in the National Football League are to protect you. They're there to protect you. The reason why you can roll out of the pocket and get out of sort of the, the boundary to where you can throw it out of bounds or throw it in the ground if it's a screen is to protect you. We're trying to save hits on you. The slide rule, all that stuff is to protect you. So you should use that to your advantage. I'm not so much, I know that you want to win, and this is what I try to tell Derek. I, I understand that you want to try to get that testing, you want to put it over top. But your preservation is at the utmost importance. So I need you to have that in your mind. When I'm running and it's open field, I don't care if I see the end zone of play dirt. If there's a linebacker or a safety that's coming into my view, slide. Get down. I don't need you to go airborne. Too many things can happen. You could get you could come down wrong on a shoulder or a wrist or whatever, put you out of the game. I want you to slide. Protect yourself as much as possible. Lincoln, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, and we will hear you on the Raider Bronco game Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock Mountain Time, right here on the Zone Sports Network. And wherever else the radio the Raider Radio Network goes. Are you guys are you guys on TV just or on TV? On radio all just all over the place? Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know what's what's hard for me guys is that um until this year, I, I especially uh, away games, um, because we've traveled with the team, I have to do call games from a TV. It's the hardest thing in the world because I'm frustrated with the cameraman. I got mm. I got to follow his view. 
and and it's not like when I'm in there in person because I'm big on body language. The way you walk on and off the field, the way you get down in your stance, the way you play when you got a good player, when you got a bad play, I, I follow that to create my opinions. I've got to I've got to rely on a cameraman from CBS or Fox to show me what my view is and pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it to us, Lincoln. Give it yeah. to us straight up. We can handle it. Exactly. I appreciate it. It's, it's good. Bad, Thank, thanks, Lincoln. Look forward to it. All right. See you guys next right. week. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst, Pac-12 Network Analyst, and he joins us. Every Friday, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.